Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a postman, and I love films. As C.S. Lewis once said, You can never get a cup of tea large enough or a book long enough to suit me. But I do think the Hobbit trilogy was pushing it. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Kevin Smith, Jamila Jamil, and even Bed Brambles. But this week, it's the brilliant presenter, DJ and all-round legend, Clara Amphi. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you get an extra 15 minutes of chat with Clara. You get beginnings, you get endings, you get a secret, you get a video, you get the whole thing uncut and ad-free. Check it out over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Ted Lasso season one and two is available on Apple TV Plus, so you can watch all of that. Super Bob and Soulmates are available on Amazon Prime. So, Clara Ampho. Clara Ampho is a presenter, a DJ, a Strictly Come dancer. She's loved and adored by millions. We'd met a couple of times briefly before this, but we recorded this on Zoom a couple of weeks ago. She was so much fun. It was really lovely to hang out with her, and I really think you're going to love this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 191 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is I, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by a radio person, an MTV person, a dancer, a deluxe painter, a goggle boxer, a Britzer, a legender, and a hero, and most of all, a statue. Please welcome to the show. It's the amazing, it's the brilliant, it's Clara Ampho. Hey! Hello, Brett Goldstein. Hello, Clara Ampho. How are you? I'm really well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it's lovely. <laughs> it's delightful to have you here. For the thanks. listeners who maybe, who maybe didn't know about you being a statue, uh, that refers to the time Hannah Waddingham saw you in a dress and said, look at you. You look like a statue. <laughs> Listen, man, when Hannah Waddingham says you look like a statue, you take it. Although I was so overstimulated by the Night of the yeah. Brits because it's quite overwhelming. Um, I thought she said slag at first. And I was <laughs> like, what? I was like, but you know what? Because you're wonderful, I'd actually yeah. take it. But hey, to be called a statue, it's pretty nice. 
thing yeah. called worse. You know, it's a pretty good thing, a statue. Yeah. Generally, I mean, it means like you did something pretty great. Well, you know, or um, or, or, or absolutely terrible. I mean, but 16. to be remembered. Exactly, exactly. And actually, my my inspiration for that night for my look were the muses from from Hercules. So I'm so actually, oh, wow. it kind of worked out exactly. That you is what, what it looked like. Yeah, that was great. Tell me this: what are you doing today? <laughs> All right. So today, after talking to you, I have got to go and do a couple of interviews, and then I've got my radio show, and then I'm prepping for BAFTA because I'm hosting a red carpet show with the wonderful oh Bimini Bomboulash off of Drag Race. Ah, amazing! So I've got lots of films to watch. <laughs> Riddle me this. Running a red carpet show, is it insanely stressful? And are you, you've done it an awful lot. I can only imagine it's sort of nightmarish, is it? It is and it isn't. Like, I kind of get high off the excitement because you just never know who's going to turn up and who's actually in the mood to chat. But then at the same time, you kind of feel sick because you're just absorbing everyone's nervous energy. Because one thing I've learned is that everyone who's sort of you know walks down the red carpet whether they like it or not well it's really about that isn't it whether they like it or not I think everyone's faking or exuding a level of confidence that they may or may not have and you can you can just really feel it do you know what I mean and it's yeah it just transfers I think listen these are all very very you know high class problems but but the red carpet business it's fucking weird it's so intense and it's so weird the the potential for embarrassment is so high my god <laughs> yeah and you don't and you know you don't know it must be hard for you if you've got to interview so many different people and you've got to remember who's who what what they're there for what their thing is i mean i've been asked some fucking mad questions on the red carpet and then in hindsight i go yeah of course you don't know what to say like you've just you're talking to so many people what are you meant to say other than yeah what's your favorite crisp or whatever well, that's it. It's it's such a weird one because, you know, I really try my hardest not to ask people like the baitest, most generic questions because yeah. they've been asked that a million times. But at the same time, I find that some people find it to be a relief to be asked a really basic question because they just want to get it over with. Because look, yeah. I think, and I'm sure you'll know this, especially like in the sort of acting world, some people are really good at being like proverbial movie stars and some people are uh, uh, happy to be a movie star and an actor or, or vice versa do you know what I mean and there right. are people who are fucking brilliant on the carpet and you know you're all happy to see them they're like yeah I'll talk to you and other people just like look please I just, just want to go in there I just want to sit with my crewmates and I just don't look at me don't look at me don't look at me I'm just like hey hi you doing you're right good, okay blah 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 and it's and it's fine you know yeah so yeah we navigate it that way your brain must melt. How how many t- on a, on an evening of let's say you're doing the Baftas, let's say, and uh, which you are. Okay, let's say the Brits. Did you you did the Brits right? You mm-hmm. did the red carpet of the Brits in that whole evening where you're doing that. How many people did you interview on the red carpet? Oh gosh, I think about thirty, and of that thirty, maybe actually yeah, thirty five, forty, and of that maybe only. 19 make the show because we do it as live so we're recording Ah, between like five and seven then it's on telly at eight and then and then the big show happens but yeah they just have to pick and choose like who they want to put in it's like oh shit the Dell turns up quick go get her right whatever oh there's little sims oh no there's somebody from love island or whoever and then you know so yeah you just sort of you kind of play it by ear really anything can happen which is really exciting but also makes you feel sick yeah of the 30 to 40 that you interviewed, how many did you think, that was fucking brilliant? And how many did you think, oh my God, that was a disaster? 
Joe, you know thank you for asking that because You're I think welcome. I don't know. Like, I don't. I don't do telly to watch myself back and be like, oh my gosh, yeah, Clara, that was, <laughs> that was some uh, great question asking that you did there. But like, there are those moments you're just like, oh yeah, Joe, well, that went really, that went really well. And there's other times yeah. like, oh my God, that person probably thinks I'm the thickest person alive. <laughs> or, oh no, or no, they, they didn't want to say that or they're really uncomfortable. And it's, but I'd say out of the 30, I'd say, I'd say 16. Let's, let's go. That's 50% really good. A little bit. That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Look, when, when, look, one of the great privileges of my life is doing this podcast because you get to have a long conversation with someone, which is you don't do in normal life, and you get to get to know someone. And within the time, because it's a longer form thing, I've done some of these where it might have taken me 10 minutes to sort of figure that how that person kind of works, like how we're going to work in this conversation and how to find your level with them or whatever. But if you're doing what you're doing, you have to find that or try to find that in like five seconds. Five seconds for two minutes, right? Are you a massive empath and is it exhausting? And do you want to cry <laughs> at the end of it? Great question, because I have this, I've always had this conversation with quite friends of mine where I can't stand people who are like, I'm like, oh, I'm like such an empath and I, <laughs> I really feel everybody because I find it's like the people that go out of their way to let you know they're empaths <laughs> are usually narcissists, I, I found but I'm asking you. You didn't bring it up. I'm asking you. You don't have to. Fuck. Fuck. You, you, okay. um, I'm, I'm forcing you to, to answer this question. You didn't say, oh, bring up the fact that I'm an empath. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Thanks. I'm an empath. empath. Um, do you know what? I, I think I think I am, actually. Mm. I think I am. Um, I just think, you know what? I, doing radio, especially, and like seeing like artists and their sort of like development over the years, and, like doing like film junkets or whatever... You see how people like change and grow, don't you? And like, you know, you see people start out like quite innocent and like sort of unaffected by the industry and some of them keep it, some of them don't. And I, and I totally, totally get it. And, you know, so I'm answering this in a really convoluted way. I think, how do I describe it? I'm really thinking about this. This is a great question. No, no, I appreciate like, it. Thank you. I think there's there's a lot of people. The art, we run to the arts to like to mend our broken hearts, don't we? Like you, you know, you watch your favorite film, you listen to your favorite song, like you read your favorite book or whatever. And and going back to what I was saying about how some people are great at being movie stars, some people are great at being actors, some people are great at being, you know. Um, uh, an artiste in the most purest sense of the word. And some people are great at being pop, mega pop stars, you know? And I think every, and you know, those things feed why people get into the industry. And I think I have been able to sort of see that in different people, if that makes sense. Am I making sense? Yeah, no, this all makes sense. But, okay. But, but how does it apply to you? Um, I think I just see people. I just see people. So I, I don't know, man, like I'm not going to ask you know, uh, a pop star, for example, who's typically over-sexualised all the time by, you know, like, old journalists who are, like, maybe twice her age. Like, mm. so, uh, like, tell me about that colour bra you're wearing when you made this music video. Like, no, fuck off, I'm fucking asking you that. Tell me why you wrote this song. Why do you love making music? That's what I, that's what I actually care about. And I, and I just try and be respectful of that with people, I think, I hope. Yeah. But does it, um, I guess what I'm asking you, and I don't know why I'm, I'm pushing this, I'm just curious because when you said about how overwhelming it must be, just taking on, very quickly absorbing, this person's really nervous, this person's really stressed, they need this, they need that, in, in very short bursts, whilst also being in the spotlight yourself, whilst also having a camera on you, and you know, there's a lot of pressure. I, I don't think I've really thought through how hard it is what you do until now, and it's making me anxious. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm feeling a little bit anxious talking about it, but also like I'm excited. Like I'm looking forward to like this weekend, the bits I've got coming up. So I'm like, yeah, right. like get me on there. But um, yeah, it is overwhelming. But I think it's just that thing of knowing that everyone is just, everyone's just turned up to their job essentially. And yeah. I think knowing that keeps me, keeps me calm. Do, do you know what I mean? And I yeah. think that's what's uh, made me relax a bit more over the years. Like I, I rarely get starstruck anymore. Like there's a few people I've met and I've been like, oh, fucking hell, like I literally want to collapse. But I think I've just, everyone's, everyone's just trying to get on with it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think, I think in, in, in the most basic way to explain it. Why did you, why do you do what you do? I do what I do because I'm quite nosy. I think I'm, I think I'm the cat. You know, Curiosity killed the cat. I'm like the cat that came yeah. back like eight more times. I'm like, one more life. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Clawing back. Um, and because... I just, I, I just love talking to people. I, I really, I really, really do. And, and I fuck, I just, I fucking love music. I love performance. I love, like, I, I always say it's the day my parents like got satellite telly was like one of the best days of my life because yeah. I was just obsessed with every like channel, like dedicated to whole things. Like what a whole music channel, a whole film channel, a whole this channel I was obsessed. Yeah. And I just, and then I just loved theater as a kid, but like, I, I, I think I still hold slight resentment for my parents not allowing me to, to do much performing arts. I feel like they let me do it, but they but my, my dad, God rest his soul, was like a proper academic. And right. I think he wished for all of us to to get into like science or like, yeah. you know, maths or whatever. And like me and all my siblings, apart from my sister, like we're we're all in the creative industry. And I think he's like shit. But he accepted it towards the end. But uh but yeah, I just always, I just always love music, and if it went with it. Well, this is all really good, but I just realised that I forgot to tell you something. Oh fuck! And um, I just looked at oh, fuck. It's I feel like an idiot because I think you were sent like a letter for this podcast, but I should have also. Uh, I'm just gonna have to tell you, Clara. I'm so sorry. Uh, the thing is, you've died. You're dead. <sighs> dead. Dead, dead. I, 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 is that a problem? Have, have I got a chance to say goodbye to anyone? Or you, unfortunately, just before you died, you had said, "I feel like the cat, and I've had eight eight lives, and this was the ninth one." Fuck, damn. Uh, how did you die? Okay, so I died from absolute disgust and from treachery. Because anybody that knows me knows that I despise a particular herb with every fibre of my being. <laughs> and that herb, for your American listeners, yeah. is known as cilantro. cilantro. Over here in the UK, it's known as coriander. And it was sent from Beelzebub himself <laughs> to terrorise every meal that I have ever thought I enjoyed. It's interrupted it and I despise it. And somebody... One of my enemies snuck it into a meal and I was so disgusted that I choked to death. So you didn't choke to death on the cilantro. You choked to death at the thought that there was cilantro in it. You were it choked was, with it rage. Was, it was a bit of both. It was disgust because I was chewed. I chewed into the meal, which was mm -hmm. delicious. It was a lovely red velvet cake because that's my most favourite dessert ever. I love red velvet. It's right. my fave. And an enemy basically put it in the layers of the cake because listen babe there's haters everywhere trust no bitch who's this en who is this enemy 
it maybe maybe it's an, maybe it's another broadcaster or maybe it's maybe it's somebody that I scooped to like a to a big music interview or something and they were just like gotta go out gonna, the way. I think you're gonna have to name oh. your murderer while we still have your voice. Oh I couldn't poss- I couldn't possibly I couldn't possibly trust no bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, you know in showgirls where she chucks the bloody the pearls down the, pearls. The, down the stairs. Exactly. This is this is the this is the culinary equivalent of that. So yeah, somebody somebody put up coriander in a slice of red velvet and I was so disgusted and the taste just knocked me out and I choked and died. So yeah, it's that's a, how it it's went. an absolutely tragic death. Um it really is. And we, we do have to get you on the off menu podcast next. Uh, <laughs> do you what? Hang on. Do you worry about death? My own? Absolutely not. I'm genuinely not afraid of death. Again, I'm I'm too curious not to be. Like I I, I don't fear my own death. I can't wait to see what's on the on the other side. No, genuinely, mm. I can't wait. No, that sounds really macabre. Like I, I love life. Yeah. I love to live. I truly do, but I'm not afraid. I'm I'm more afraid for my loved ones, to be honest. Like my father, God rest his it was actually his, his anniversary of his of his passing just this week on Monday. Died seven right. years ago. Right. Um Sorry. and no, no, do you know what? I I'm at a lovely place of acceptance, sort of yeah. with his passing. But that was that was my biggest fear. I went through again, actually, because of the film, <laughs> I went through a phase of being obsessed with his death and being like, shit, 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 is it gonna happen today? Is it gonna happen today? For about two two or three years when I was a teenager. Just because he, he'd had heart problems and he'd gotten better, he had a, he'd had a stroke and he'd recovered like brilliantly. But he died in Ghana, where where our family's originally from. But um, do you remember that movie called Ghost Dad with the awful Bill Cosby? With, with Bill Cosby. Yeah, I mean, Bill Ghost Cosby. Dad is... with Piers on a bus. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I remember watching that film as a kid, and it sort of staying with me a little bit. Then forgetting about it, and then being reminded of it when I was a teenager, being like, oh my god! But that film, I think was one of the first films that taught me about the sort of concept of death. And I was yes. like, oh, okay. I was, looking, I was like, oh, then my dad will reappear like Bill Cosby. But obviously saying that now in 2022 is really important. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, Ghost yeah. Dad affected us all. I, I, you know? I thought about Ghost Dad an awful lot. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're worried about Ghost Dad, <laughs> yeah, but you don't well, worry. And I'm not worried. Yeah, I'm not worried about my own dad reappearing in, in right. under the guise of Bill Cosby. Thank You're more God. worried about Bill Cosby reappearing. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean to be honest, yeah. I mean yeah, I'll categorically say I think he's repugnant, and I fully stand by all of those women. Um, but to answer your agree, question, agree, um, yeah, no, I I don't fear my own death, but yeah, my loved ones, like my mum, obviously is is my only parent now, and and I love her dearly, and the thought of her not being around, it's really fucking scary. But at the same time. I think I'm ready for it because I know what to expect. But at the same time, you just never know, man. Death affects us in very different ways, depending on the person also. So you're very excited about, um, you can't, your words can't wait uh, for your own death. <laughs> when, what do you think happens on the other side? Um, to the powers that be, to the gods, the goddess, whoever, like, please give me at least another 40 years, yeah? I've got shit to do. 40? Come on. Come on. Come on. Yeah. More than that. Okay, 50. Actually, no, let me... Give me another, give me another 60. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Um, cheers. Cheers, cheers. Cheers. Sorry, what's your question? I was too busy talking to God. Uh, what do you think? No, don't let me interrupt. What do you think happens when you die? <laughs> I think your energy rises out of your body. Mm-hmm. In, you know, like in Casper. Yes. Maybe not in cartoon form, but maybe, but maybe. like a, maybe, mm-hmm. or I don't know, like, loads of wizzy colours or something I don't know um and then I think you sort of like float around 
And then you float around and maybe you like go into other people perhaps. But I, I can't fully believe that that's just it. It's weird because my mum is super, super religious. Like she's a proper old school, God-fearing Ghanaian woman, like church on a Saturday and Sunday. Wow. Like but then my dad on the flip side, he, he, was, um, he was a scientist by trade. So very much it's like fact and logic. So I think I've been slightly indoctrinated by my mum to just sort of, there has, well, there has to be a heaven, surely. But then my dad was a bit like, he never said babe, but his kind of, the <laughs> intention was like, babe, are you sure? Like at Christmas, when my mum would go into like serious prayers around like the dinner table, she'd be like, thank you, Jesus, for the food. And she'd be like full on like sermon. And I'd like open my eye from the corner and I'd see my dad be like, so yeah, I I can't believe this is just it. I think because of my mum, but I just think life's too magical, man. Too much weird shit happens to it. It, Yes. Just to be this. I, I've not heard someone say this. So, you, so you think that you're you you float around, so you don't go to heaven. You you sort of stay around here, floating around, possessing people. Yeah, basically, but in a in a loving way. In a loving how, way. How, how long are you possessing people for? I think it depends. I think it's sort of like a... is it like quantum leap? And you're just going to do good deeds in other exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. I what's it? Yeah, we're all Scots. Is it Scott Bakula, Beluga, yeah. whatever he's called. Yes, yeah. Scott, Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott, Scott Bazookas. Um, yeah, <laughs> Scott Bakula. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah. You pop in, visit someone's body. Oh, exactly. they need help. I'll sort this out. And then you pop out. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I like yeah. that. Or, or you just, or you just sort of watch people. Just make sure they're okay. Then you just, I don't know. Then you just piss off other places and just have a nice time. Maybe just being nosy. Maybe spying on people. Who's to say? Yeah. So it's a bit like being the Invisible Man, but not as scary. But not a horror. And not as creepy. Yeah. But up to you, really. You can do what you like, I suppose. If you're possessing people, you you just happen to be a good person. If you were a bad person, you could possess people and and do mad shit. I could do some mad shit, but I, I also believe in karma and I don't, I, I, I don't want to terrorise anybody. I want a peaceful afterlife, you know? Yeah. Life on earth can be stressful as it is. I don't want to, I want a drama-free life, you know? Afterlife, let me be more I do. specific. When you're not possessed, I'm just thinking through your life as a, as a possessor. You're possessing people, <laughs> like, when do you sleep? Do you need sleep? Do you sleep when you're possessing someone who's sleeping? No. That's a good question. Um, I don't think you need sleep. Or, you know, a different thing. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't yeah. think you need sleep. But I, don't, I don't think you're operating in the same way that you would in human form. You just, yeah. you do what needs to be done, you know? Yeah. Well, I guess time is infinite and a flat circle anyway. So when you're that sort of energy, it doesn't matter, right? It's all happening at the exactly. same time. Exactly. Well, some of that's true, but also there is a stopgap area where you can chill out for a bit. We call it heaven. And you are, the doors are wide open for you. Come on in, Clara Ampho. Come to heaven and see all your friends. However, in heaven, it's filled with your favourite thing. What's your favourite thing? Uh, Do you know, it's going to be red velvet cake. Seeing as it killed me to get there, it's going to be red velvet without without the uh, coriander in it. And you're, you're still trusting? Well, I guess you're in heaven, but, you know... I once had sushi that had a, a, a giant green, it looked like an edamame beam and then it started, the edamame beam started walking and I thought, that put me off for about a year. <laughs> I've gone back. That's, okay. But I'm like, your red velvet cake killed you and now you're like, give me more red velvet cake. I respect it. Well, thank you. I'm somebody that believes in, uh, you know, facing your trauma head on. Do yeah. you know what I mean? 
Red Velvet great. can't be the enemy. The, the sushi couldn't be your enemy. You see, you faced yeah. it, you went back, and now you love sushi, I'm sure. Yeah, I love insects. So you, red velvet cake everywhere. <laughs> the walls are made of red velvet cake. The yeah. seats are red velvet cake. It's quite comfortable. The beds are red velvet cake. Mm. Pe- the people look like red velvet cake. It's just red velvet cake, wall to wall. But all the red velvet cakes want to do is talk to you about your life because they're huge fans, but they want to know about your life through film. And the first thing they ask you, because why wouldn't they, is what's the first film you remember seeing, Clara Ampho? Okay, now, can I beg mercy and say and ask... If I answer my questions really quickly, can I have multiple answers? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's do a trial run. Okay, all right. Let's see how quick right. you can do it. <laughs> okay. I, okay, so I've got, I got four older brothers, well, three older brothers and an older sister, a younger brother. So I inherited a lot of, I guess, the first films that I watched like from them. And the first film that I truly remember watching and loving was... I'm going to keep doing, I think, transatlantic translations because I know you got, I know you got an American fan base. So in America, it's known as Breaking the Movie, but in the UK, it's known as Breakdance the Movie. And oh it's yeah. Ba- and that is the first film I truly remember seeing and thinking, I'm, I'm obsessed. I love it. And my brother had the VHS, and we used to absolutely rinse the hell out of that film. And this is the film with the famous broomstick. And uh, the guy Turbo is dancing to Tour de France by Kraftwerk. You know that tune? That and um, he's got he's got this broom and he's sweeping it outside this sort of bodega that they work in, and it was like magic. And obviously now as an adult watching it, you can see the bit of string <laughs> holding it up. But I just remember watching that film and just just being obsessed. Like, um, I, love, I love a shitty dance movie. They're my fave. That's my catnip. I love a shitty dance movie. Yeah. Dance movies and sports movies, you can't really do them bad, I think. You can't, like, they always work. Do you know what I, I mean? I don't know. Well, it's tricky because... <laughs> Go on. I don't know. I mean, Breakdance 2, Electric Boogaloo is an absolute abomination. <laughs> it's fucking... <laughs> it is a terrible film. But the original Breakdance is amazing. And actually, Jean-Claude Van Damme was in it before he became really famous. So for anyone that's seen it, he's, he's in it as like a guy. He's in a unitard. They're like, there's like this like group dance shot scene. And they're, I think they're on like Venice Beach or somewhere like that. And Jean-Claude Van Damme is like shaking his ass in like a tight black <laughs> unitard. But yeah, it's just a story of these like two street kids called Turbo and Ozone and uh and then there's a, a lovely uh girl by the name of Kelly and she's a contemporary dancer but she's bored of the dance world she's given she's not given getting auditions and she meets these guys and they teach her how to break dance she appropriates their culture and then they get their own show <laughs> which essentially is the basis <laughs> for most dance show, dance films hey hey true. black people come teach me how to dance yeah that is very true. Come teach me how to dance and now I'll win. I'll yeah, win. Exactly. <laughs> Did you watch this with your five brothers and sisters? Yeah. So my sister was brought up in Ghana because she was my dad's daughter from a previous relationship. Because, mm. uh, you know, Papa was a rolling stone. Good guy. Good guy. Good guy. Good, good he was a good looking guy when he was younger. Do you know what I mean? So, good looking scientist. Exactly. You know? Um, but that was mainly me and my, and my older brothers. Um, I sort of inherited it from them and like, we'd, we'd like try and replicate like all the dance scenes and stuff and just, yeah. And just, I could still create that movie from start to finish. And I still have dreams of being a great dancer. Can you still do any of those moves? 
I can't spin on my head as as well as I'd like. Actually, I can't spin on my head at all. I'm chatting shit. Um, but I can. I think I can just about do that now. What is the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared, Clara Ampo? I actually love being scared, but in two different types of ways. Well, I hate watching films where like any kids are getting hurt. I, I just I, I can't do it. And so in so in that sense, the film that scared me the most is Sleepers. I wouldn't. I don't think I could ever watch that film oh. ever again. I found it deeply disturbing. Yeah, that's a really, 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 really dark film. Yeah, really, really dark. Like Sleepers. Um, oh my gosh, there is oh bloody hell, the hand that rocks the cradle. I find really yeah, scary, yeah. but I love shit like trashy nineties thrillers. Like yeah. Rebecca De Mornay was such a she was such a little bitch in that film, but she's <laughs> perfect, like yeah. genuinely scary. Um, but I think this film that scared me the most was the original It. Pennywise, yeah, yeah. old Tim Curry. It, it, it just reminds me of being at my cousin's house because she had Sky before we had Sky, you see, because my parents would like send me to go and hang out with my cousins because they were all girls. Like, you know, it's good for you, you know, good for you to hang out with like your girl cousins. And um, I just remember the trailer coming on TV and there's that one bit when he's like, I'm your worst nightmare, come true. Like he shouts at like one of the little kids and I remember just like being like, <gasps> and oh, I couldn't no. sleep for about three days. Yeah. That's very sweet. I, I, uh, very sweet. No, as in it's sweet that you don't like watching. I mean, it's such a weird thing to say. That you don't like watching kids being uh, scared. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it's quite, yeah. I mean, I, I guess that there's, have you seen, um, the only way I got over this was by reading up on it. I think it's an excellent film. It's called Dr. Sleep. It is the sequel to The Shining. Have you oh, seen no, it? I haven't seen it yet. I've it's not got seen Ewan it. McGregor in. It's really good. It's much better than hearing the sequel to the shining sounds but it has one scene in it where the little kid from room is sort of sort of murdered by kind of energy vampire type things and it's so disturbing it almost ruins the film because it's so upsetting and it's because he's screaming so much it's really 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 upsetting sequence and it almost took me out of the film because it was horrible but afterwards i read up on it and the boy who i don't know how old he is let's say 10 that apparently yeah. when they were filming it, the actors who are attacking him were so disturbed because of his screens. They were like, oh my God, is this kid all right? What are we doing? And then the director called Cut and the actor, the little boy got up, came over to the monitor and went, how'd that look? That looked good? And they were like, oh, he's just a fucking brilliant actor. He's, he's great. It's Jason Tremblay, yeah. that's his name. Is it Jason yeah, Tremblay? Jacob. Jacob, Jacob that's it. <clears throat> like he's, he's brilliant. But yeah, man, anything with kids getting hurt, like, um, you know, the lovely bones with Saoirse Ronan, I couldn't look at Stanley Tucci the same after. I had to watch yeah. Burlesque to take the edge off. Because he, <laughs> no, because he, he, I went, with the, I went yeah. to see, see it with my friend Simon at the cinema and I was, I was genuinely like so disturbed. Like, I had like nightmares for about a week. I just found it horrible because he was, he was so good in it and so evil. Mm. And just, you know, those really long like close-ups on his face. Like there's, I think there's a bit after like he's killed her. And they just like yeah. zoom in on him. And I was just, and yeah, the, the thought of it was just like, oh, so yeah, I had to go and watch him be shares like gay best friends just to, <laughs> just to feel, just to feel. I had to go to watch Burlesque to take the edge off is a, is a phrase that isn't used enough. <laughs> oh, well, it's true. It's my, it's my, it's my truth. I'm standing in it. <laughs> uh, what is, that's, it, all good, that's all good stuff. What is the film that made you cry the most? Are you a crier? I am a crier. Well, it's because um, you're such a bloody empath, isn't it? I'm so, I'm, I really feel things, guys. Like I really, I really care about people. I'm, I'm a really good yeah. person. 
Yeah. Really good person. Um, I've got a few answers for these. Um, oh, gosh. Colour Purple, standard. I can only watch mm-hmm. that film once every three to four years. I can't watch it more than once. Went to go and see the the show in in New York with the wonderful Cynthia Erivo, oh, who was, God, had me on the floor. Cynthia's a golden person. She just, yeah. fucking hell, she's amazing. But that film, yeah, I can only, only watch it once every three or four years. Um, an American Tale, do you remember that? With the little mouse. Of course I remember American Tale. separated. <laughs> Again, I think any, any, anything of like just tra- kids being traumatised, I'm just yeah. like, I can't deal. Um, that really makes me cry. But, um, oh gosh, The Magdalene Sisters. You oh, seen God, that? Yeah, that's not a fun movie. It's, it's not fun. And like, I just, I was sobbing at the end. Like, remember that um, there's that bit where uh, there's a character called Crispina and she's got learning difficulties Mm-hmm. And she's and the priest has been obviously not being doing nice things with her, and she just starts screaming at him, "You're not a man of God." You're not. Do you remember, do you remember that bit? And I, mm-hmm. I, was, I was just, yeah, man, I was on the floor. But sorry to answer your question, uh, yes. the film that makes me cry the most is Untamed Heart. Have you seen that with Marissa Tomei and Christine yes. Slater? You I bet I have. Love that film with all my. It's my favorite Christmas movie, essentially. And I tell if I every year I've got a tradition, I post off on Instagram, like every December, I'm just like, just so you know, this is the best Christmas film that you might have never seen. It because it I just I I sob. I think it's so beautiful. I love it. That's that hasn't come up in such a long time. Oh, I'm glad. That was a real banger. Back in Thanks. The day. It's it's like, I'll watch anything that she's in and yeah. I'll watch anything that Rosie Perez is in because I just I just still yeah. wanna, I want to sound like her. I just, <laughs> but that film's fucking amazing, man. Like their their chemistry is like beautiful. I just think it's really. Um, I just think it's a proper it's a proper little Christmas gem. But actually, not just for Christmas, for all year round. Yeah, yeah. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Peace out. What is the film that people don't really like? It's not critically acclaimed, but you love it. You don't care what no one says. Well, again, quite a few answers. Um, Mariah Carey's Glitter, obsessed. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's thinking, people don't give Mariah Carey um, her G's enough because she's a really fucking great comedic like force. Like She's really good at taking the piss out of herself. She released that movie around September 11th so it completely flopped and then she kind of went through a very sort of public breakdown but um there's look there's some great bits in it man it's her it's Max Beasley 
it's the brat off of 90s hip hop like it's, it's everyone it's like and it's really camp and like it's just really fun and like recently they um her fans which i am one of got the the soundtrack uh back to number one on itunes and i was i was genuinely oh, like so happy for her like she she got she got her sort of um yeah, she got her dues like 20 years later. But yeah, people cuss that film, but I love it. Um, Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights, another nice. face. Listen, nice Diego job. Luna, Romola Garay, mm-hmm. great actors. And, you know, everyone's got to start somewhere. I'm sure they probably wish that movie never happened. But I went to Cuba because of that film. <laughs> oh, wow. That's <laughs> fucking just, huge. You know, but it's, it makes me feel good. It's like, you, it, like the soundtrack's really good. It's really, it's a pointless, it's a pointless sequel. It didn't have to happen at all, but obsessed. What's the story in Havana Nights? Is it just the same? So basically, Cuba? yeah. Yeah. So he's like, you know, he's, it, I think the Cuban revolution's happening. She's like some rich kid. Her dad works in like advertising. Like they're very like waspy family. And then like she sneaks out at night and then she, she hears this music in the air. She's like, hey, what's that? And then all the Cubans are like sexy dancing. And then, uh, yeah, Diego Luna teaches her how to dance and like they shag on the beach and like she meets uh, Johnny. Oh yeah, Patrick Swayze has a little cameo in it. And then, what's yeah. he doing? He, as, he's, he's as Johnny Castle, yeah. Oh, wow. As Johnny, so he's in that. So love that. Love Batman and Robin. People slag it off, but I thoroughly enjoy it because I believe in Alicia Silverstone's supremacy and yeah. I was just happy for Batgirl to be about... Because that's the one that's got Uma Thurman in it, right? That's, my, that's the one I like. No, was Uma that the Thurman's other one? Batman Forever. Right, okay. I believe. I'm, conf- I'm confusing the two. The, ba- the one that's got Uma Thurman and Jim Carrey in. And, Ar- and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger is Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze is Batman and Robin. Okay. Well, I like the amalgamation ba- of both. That has Batgirl. Batman Forever is Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey. That's it. Well, I like, I like I all of that it. era, Batman. I okay. think they're terrible, but I, I love them. And also, I love Halle Berry's Catwoman. I think it's great. <laughs> Anytime oh, nice. it's on TV, I'll watch it. Batman and Robin is, is is extraordinary when you watch it. Get, I think I, but you watch it now. It's extraordinary. It's an and extraordinary it, piece of work. Well, it's it, the thing is, I I liked those those Batman films in particular because they were they sort of reminded me of the ridiculousness of the TV show. You know, yeah. they were like very camp and like you could almost obviously you weren't hearing the pow, the poof, poof, whatever, but <laughs> they were just like super oversaturated and, and really sort of, I think there was, there was like a knowing wink with them that they were sort of, not shit per se, but just, there was a, there was a sense of humour about them that I think, you know, previous ones had lacked. It wasn't a bad thing. Like, you know, I liked the darkness of, of the other ones, but I just, I just thought they were fun. And I was quite impressed being a kid of that age and seeing them so yeah batman forever great soundtrack exactly my brother's a massive u2 fan and that so he used to play um you know there we go there we go there we go he used to play that all the fucking time and i remember the video because it was like bono was like animated wasn't he and like sort of answering like the it was like the the u2 sign rather than the batman sign or something like that i think if i remember correctly (laughs) all of that anyway uh, what is the film that you used to love, but then you've watched recently <laughs> and you don't like it anymore? And is it Ghost Dad? <laughs> well, I haven't watched Ghost Dad for many, many, many years. But um, just off the top of my head, and again, every actor has got to start somewhere. And I'm sure even he isn't <laughs> delighted by this film. But 40 Days and 40 Nights. Josh Hartnett, fan- it is brilliant. We know this. Yeah. And 
it came on telly the other day and just watching it as an adult woman, I was like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> and there's a lot of problematic things that happen in that film. And I think, you know, when it first came out as a teenager, I thought, oh, wow, this is like so romantic and this is really loving. Oh, my God, he made Shannon Sussman come by rubbing flowers over her. I can't believe it. And now I'm just a bit like, mm, really? Dunno, dunno. And also, like, there's a bit where his ex-girlfriend, like, sexually assaults him. We just sort of accept Mm. it. Like, she ties him to a bed and does things. And that's not cute in 2022, is it? You know? It feels less cute. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you feel about that film? About 40 Days and 40 Nights? Yeah. I don't think I have actually seen it. The right. premise is he can't have sex for 40 days and 40 nights, but why is it? Why can't he? What's uh, the... So he does it so he can get over his ex-girlfriend, who randomly is the girl from Hocus Pocus. Um, right. It's, it's, it's the main girl from that. Um, and it, he does it to sort of like prove that, you know, men can still hold the power and I can get over her. But then he meets his, his manic pixie dream girl, which is Shannon uh, Sossaman in a laundrette. And then they form like this beautiful emotional connection, which includes them having sex with, with flowers. With flowers, yeah. And then, and then, um, and then, yeah, all, all hell breaks loose with him trying not to have sex. Does he not have sex for 40 days? Spoil it for me. So the ex-girlfriend basically comes into his house where he's tied up. Yeah. Uh, he's handcuffed to a bed because he's waiting for Manic Pixie Dream Girl, Shannon Sossaman, to come and release him so they can finally consummate their their budding relationship. Uh, but then the ex-girlfriend comes, no pun intended, and, like, mounts him and then, yeah. And then what happens? Well, he, he, he she, she breaks, she breaks him. She breaks him. So she breaks the streak and he's fucking fuming. And then, and then the new girl comes into the house yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, what? Oh my God. And then all help. I mean, obviously it's a happy ending. Again, no pun intended, but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it goes down. Well, ironically, of course, you've now sold the film to me. What is, <laughs> what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film's any good, but because the experience you had around seeing it will always make it meaningful to you, Clara Ampho. Okay, Brett Goldstein. Uh, The film that means the most to me, there's probably a couple, spoiler alert. The first one is The Craft. (laughs) Right. Because it reminds me of going to my local cinema, which at the time was the Kingston Odeon, with three of my friends... I one of my best friends at the time who went who funny enough went to, went to cinema with me in Kingston to see the cross. My best friend at the time was a girl called Fatima and she lived by you know the big library in Sutton where the two hundred would stop right outside Sutton Library. I would I would build one through for an hour to go and see her on like Saturday afternoons and like we'd either go to the Sutton UCI or she'd go to the Odeon in Kingston and we'd like watch films and stuff and just hang out. But yeah. Anyways, and if you're feeling really crazy, you'd go to uh, uh what's the one in, in Croydon? Because you get the tram from Sutton to Croydon. Um, oh, the, the view. Those... They yes. had the first view. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I remember that cinema very well. Anyway, sorry, the craft. Um, saw, yeah, a couple, my... saw a couple having sex uh, in the view once in Croydon. <laughs> Mid-film. <laughs> what was the film? Happy times. Uh, I think it was Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll look at Sarah Connor. She's, is she in that? Is, is Linda Hamilton in No, that she's not. That's the one... I think Claire Danes is in that one. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Well, I get it. I get it. Fair enough. Next <laughs> Anyway, carry on, please. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, Kicks ODI, ODI, me and my friends, uh, three of us, 
we were, I think, 14 at the time, trying to get into the cinema to see the craft. And I remember us thinking we were all like proper big women getting like super doled up in our like shit outfits. Like I think we'd all got like shirts from like Tammy Girl. And I remember I'd stolen my mum's um, perfume. Like my dad had got my mum um, that perfume Poison by Christian Dior. And I doused myself in it. So I was like, well, no, that's, that's what 15 year olds do. They wear Poison <laughs> and wear like button down shirts. And like we tried, I was like, we went up, I remember we went up to the the uh, counter we were just like uh, can we get four tickets to the craft please and like the, the girl who's working on the counter obviously she's probably only about like 19 or 20 but at the yeah. time it was like oh my god she's so great and she just looked at us just sort of like really she was like when's your, when's your date of birth and we were like um uh uh 2nd of May uh 19 uh, 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 um and like yeah we didn't get in so I think we have to go and watch oh, I don't and and we had to watch something shit instead. But later on, um, a girl from my class called Safia got it on pirate, um, got it on pirate from Pakistan, where she was from. And so we watched it at sleepover. And then we tried to call the corners and do that light as a feather, stiff as a board thing that they do in the yeah. movie, where they try and make the girl levitate. Um, we tried to do it and we, we convinced ourselves it worked. It clearly didn't. But so for that sort of coming of age experience, that film, can I sneak in my second? Am I allowed? I'm going in. But Lights of Heaven Stiff as a board works, but Karen. It, um, the second one is Sister Act 2, only because that reminds me of um, that of my dad taking me to the video shop and I'd make him uh, get it out for me every, yeah, every weekend for about three months. Mm. And I remember just seeing Lauren Hill on TV and just thinking she was the most exquisite person I've ever seen. Yeah. I was like, wow, I, I, need to, I need to be her. What was the video shop? Uh, Moonlight Movies in Kingston. Because there was Moonlight Movies and there was a blockbuster down the road. But if you were, if you're a real one, if you're being yeah. loyal to the community, you were sort of essentially boycotting the blockbusters and go to yeah. Moonlight Movies. Yeah. Okay, you can have both of them. Thanks. Uh, what's the film you most relate to? I find this question quite hard, but I would say, I'd say Empire Records. Love it. Yeah. I'd say Empire Records because it just reminds me of of my first job, um, which wasn't actually in a record store, but it, it had the same sort of energy. I used to work in this really like, uh, <laughs> it was a really sort of, uh, it was like a skate and surf mega store called Legends in Kingston. And uh, and I guess a lot of the boys I grew up with, they're either skaters or roadmen or, or somewhere in between. <laughs> and, and but all the uh, but but working there felt like Empire Records, like because we, we got to play whatever music we liked. Because we had a boss called James who was like a bit of a stoner and like responsible enough, but he just sort of let us get on with it. We'd we'd sort of do no work and like help people, but essentially no work and just like listen to tunes all day and just just hang out and like chat. And Empire Records just really reminds me of that time and me first watching that movie with one of my best mates, Danielle, and I was really into the soundtrack as well. I was obsessed with the soundtrack. And actually, funnily enough, you know, when you sent through the list of uh, films to talk about and yeah. Grease 2 was in the brackets and I laughed because I shit you not and I swear my daddy's love, I'm a Grease 2 truther and Maxwell Caulfield is in Empire, <laughs> is in Empire Records. And about six years ago, I saw him in a branch of Scribbler in Covent Garden. And I remember looking at and nobody else cared. I, I was just like, it's the guy from Christine. Did you go and talk I, to him? Of course I fucking didn't. I didn't. No, I, I didn't. Uh. I, but he was he was buying some sort of card. I couldn't see it. I was like, oh my God, it's him off of Greece too. Uh. Um, but yeah, that that's, that was as, as closest as I 
as I got to him and him and Stephanie. <laughs> I had some really good news the other day. Someone, I, 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 I'm not going to name any names because I also don't know the names, but someone I know uh, was <laughs> doing makeup on a job that Maxwell Caulfield was on and said to Maxwell Caulfield, I'm a huge Grease 2 fan. And Maxwell Caulfield talked to her about Grease 2 for ages and was amazed <gasps> about it and said, yeah, still in touch with most of them. Such a great time, blah, blah, blah. Made me so happy. <laughs> so oh, happy. I'm so happy they're still friends. Still friends. Oh, that's good. Listen, he, um, he's got a beautiful singing voice. Love will turn back the hands of time. Beautiful man, beautiful singing voice. Exactly. Behind his charades. What a Behind... guy. Let me not start. Yes, please. Well, which, which, I mean, there's so many good songs in that. Let's do it for our country. And then I'd like to hear your charades, please. Behind my charades. <laughs> or what's the other one, though? Every... Yeah, no, go on. Uh, what's it? No, that's Love Will Turn Back the Hands of Time. That's my jam. That remember, yeah. I love you. I won't be far away. <laughs> cool Rider, also a banger. There's not a bad one amongst it. Very, it's very good. It's a fucking masterpiece. Indeed. Anyway. What is objective? Oh no, hang on. We're at the we're at everyone's favourite part of the show. Go on. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen, Clara? Well, 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 well. Got a few answers for this too. Okay, one of them is quite. You can take your time. Okay. <laughs> I mean, one of them's quite on the nose because it literally is about sex, but it's a fucking sexy film. It's um, it's nine songs. I knew you were going to say that. Did you? Yeah, because you're a music, you're a music person. Well, uh, that's yeah. a music person's sex film. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people with not, not, not like that film, sexy wise, and those people aren't music people. Well, I get, yeah, I guess yeah, the Brits Academy is really my kink. <laughs> <Gets me going>. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know what it is? Ob- like, obviously, they fuck in the film, and 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 that's what happens. But I think it's really sexy because I think it just shows, you know. Um, <laughs> that guy Kieran's penis no it just <laughs> no, but um, I think it just shows how imperfect relationships can be you know and I think the sex that you have with people can 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 change and and obviously like it's like super lusty in the beginning and then there's like a couple of times they have sex and they you can tell they they low-key sort of hate each other but they still sleep with each other and but I just think it's a really sexy film and I like the fact that it, it doesn't end in a particularly happy way but just mm. quite a harsh way so that that i mean that is sexy and obviously they're both two very attractive people um i also think bound is very sexy Bound is sexy and like you know i i'd say i'm mostly heterosexual but mm. listen when jennifer tilly says to gina gershon i have a tattoo would you like to see it <laughs> but, yes. All right. yes i would Yes, yes I would. Jennifer. Thank you for offering. You know, you know, sexy ass film. Um, what else is sexy? I do have, a, I do have a list. Um, Let's hear the list. Oh, waiting to exhale, just because Angela Bassett is the finest thing walking, and Agreed. when she realizes her husband cheats on her, when she burns all his shit and walks away, it's some fucking sexy shit. Like I just, I love how, I just love how defiant she is. But I think my sexy, sexy film is... Do you know Frankie and Johnny? I love Frankie and Johnny. It's Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer. It's like the first film they did together after Scarface. 
And it's got, it's, um, so she basically, Michelle is she a waitress. Him make, she makes him make noise in sex. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I think it's really sexy because this one, this one scene, it's not when they've had, it's after they've had sex and they've just started seeing each other. And he's, because for so people that don't know, he's like this ex-con Mm. And he's out of prison and he gets a job um, in this diner in New York. And Michelle Pfeiffer um, has, you know, she, she's she's a lovely woman. But she's quite a hard woman. She's had a lot of shithead boyfriends. And, like, she has her guard up with him quite a lot. Then they get together. Anyway, um, she's with, milling around her apartment and he stops her. She's in her robe. He's just like, take, off, take, take your robe off. And she's just like, uh, why? And he's just like, I just want to look at you. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she does it. And the way he stares at her yeah. is so fucking sexy because he just, he just wants her so much, but not in a sort of, like, oh, I really want to dick you down. I mean, obviously he does, but it's, yeah. he just thinks that she's really beautiful. And I think he, he just sees that she's, you know, that she just needs to be like taken care of a little bit. And she's, I think she starts talking about like a pet bird she used to have. She's like standing there just like, oh, whatever. And he's really mesmerised by her. And I just think it's really sexy. Yeah. And he, yeah. Do, he does that with his mouth, doesn't he? A lot, yeah, a lot. Uh, I love that film and I haven't seen it in a long time. It's but beautiful. it is also like, can't be hard to act looking at Michelle Pfeiffer like she's the most beautiful woman in the world. I mean, I'm not saying Al Pacino's not a great actor, but that's got to have been the easiest bit of acting he's ever had to do. I mean, the way his eyes light up, I mean, obviously she clearly didn't admit, maybe she really did do it. I suspect she mm. didn't, but um, he looked delighted and it was, it was really sexy. Also... <laughs> Don't mind the title, but Little Children, just because of, just because of Kate Winslet and um, what's his face, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. They have they, they have sex on top of the washing machine. It's really sexy. They haven't they're having an affair. That's a tricky film all over that one. It's very very tricky. Uh, speaking of tricky, we got a subcategory: <laughs> troubling boners, worrying why don't. What's a film you found arousing you weren't sure you should? <laughs> Surprise! Got multiple answers. Well, only right. two this time. Sorry, I know time is of the essence. Jim Carrey, but not a Stanley Ip kiss, but as the actual mask when he's got the green mask on. Yeah. I find I him I find him really fucking sexy. Um mm. by and large, I'm not really you know how like people make fun out of Disney adults? And I shouldn't make fun out of adult swing dancers because I think it is I love to dance. That, that whole zoot suit shebang, I find it very attractive. I think it's very sexy. And I just love the confidence of his character and even though the green face is slightly demonic, I find it I find it very attractive. So that is one slightly uh, worrying wide on. And the other one, because he's quite problematic in real life. But um, do you remember yeah. that film with Mark Wahlberg called the called the Fear? Fear. Yeah. yeah. Him, <laughs> he's an awful person in the film. Like he's actually terrible and very scary. But it's fucking sexy, fit. man. He's fit. He's fucking fit. He's he is fit. he's really sexy, and also Eddie Murphy in Vampire in Brooklyn. I find quite sexy. Even oh, he's kind yeah. of demonic, but I should—I don't think I should find him sexy because he's kind of—he's—he's. He is meant to be sexy. He's a vampires are always sexy, are they? They are, but he just—I think because the makeup really scared me. I shouldn't have been, you right. know, a, a, aroused, shall we say? But he's kind of sexy. Really good answer. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? Please. It has got problems. But objectively, I would say West Side Story. I think it's I think it's beautiful. The it's new one, or the old? 
Joe, I saw the new one for the first time just three days ago, and I I thought I did think it was pretty spectacular. I I really it's did enjoy it. Fucking great, yeah. I, I and I was I was hoping I was going to believe the hype, and there's a couple of moments I thought, oh, I don't know, but I I thought it's I thought it's fantastic, yeah. and you know. If it was anybody else but Spielberg, I probably would have given it a bit more side eye. I think I think Aaron and Debose is absolutely luminous mm. in it. I thought America was done perfectly. Yeah, it was. I I I was like screaming and clapping at the screen. I just I thought she was brilliant. The kid who plays who plays Riff, I think is I think is so oh, good. Mark face, face face. That's it. Yeah, I think he's, he's so absolutely good. brilliant. Um, but um, but no, the original. I just I I absolutely. I absolutely love it because it just takes me back to being like a little kid and just sort of discovering musicals for the first time on like Sunday afternoons and just, you know, everything from like the score, like the, the initial clicks, just all yeah. the dance numbers, just wanting to be everyone in it. And I just, I think it's beautiful. I mean, again, with the 2022 lens and actually watching interviews with a lot of the cast, especially with Ariana DeBose, you know, about the Latina representation, about the Afro-Latina representation, like, you know, I think I think they have wronged they they they've they've made right a lot of the wrongs from the previous movie from the from the yeah. original movie, but um I think I think it's great. It's I love it. I fucking love it. It's good. It is. You can good. have that. I really That's... like that you pick that. No one has. Oh, good. What's the film you could or have watched the most over and over again? Oh, okay. Um, the original Hairspray, obsessed with John Waters, obsessed, 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 obsessed. Yes. Again, that reminds me of Moonlight Movies. It's another one I used to make my dad <laughs> rent. I have no business watching that actually as a kid, but I just, I just love all his films, and I just like that is exactly my type of sense of humour. You know, like it just, it was because I think at the end of the day, it was, it's, it's a film about resistance, isn't it? And it is a film about accepting who, who you are. But he, but I think that's John Waters. Um, his talent, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do you have a serial mum? I love serial mum. Yeah. John Moore's thing is, he's so lovely. He's so clearly, lo- and, he, and he wants to be, he is, does all shocking and dis- disgusting and blah, blah, blah. But you're also like, but you're so lovely. Yeah, <laughs> <You> could- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, do you remember that bit, that bit in Serial Mom where, um, uh, what's it? She's in the courtroom and like she's, uh, um, somebody's giving evidence and like she's, and Kathy, Kathy Bates, not Kathy Bates, Kathy Bates, she's just there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> do you remember that bit? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny. That was one of the like early eighteen movies I snuck into with Serial Mom. Yeah, it's a great movie. Love but yeah, seen uh yeah, hairspray over and over again, clueless, death becomes her, yeah. Rome, Rome and Michelle's high school reunion have watched great film. and that's ex- again exactly my type of sense of humour. And strictly boring and heathers. But I have to pick one, don't I? Can we have Heathers? Yeah, okay, go on then. Which Let's one do did you want to pick? I want to pick them all. I tell you, I'm breaking all the rules. I'm being your worst guest ever. But you can have Strictly Ballroom. Okay, let's have Strictly Ballroom. Okay. Um, I've watched that a million times. Um, I think actually, I think I relate to Fran a little bit. I, I think I'm a secret Fran. I'm a secret Fran. Um, I just that is the film made me fall in love with Baz Luhrmann. Um, yeah. And I just it's for me. Yeah, I think it's the soundtrack, but also I just love how stupid and over the top and and camp is, and how sort of tender it is as well. Because you know the dad, he really breaks my heart. The mm. and I just love how he comes out of himself at the at the end of the movie. But then I also I just love that scene. You know, when they're like dancing to time after time on top of the um, dance school, and you can see the yeah. Coca Cola sign uh, made out like this. And I just think it's I just think it's really lovely. And I just love the phrase "gutless wonder." It's not used enough. You know, did you um, 
doing Strictly Come Dancing was that some sort of magical dream come true? Absolutely. It's pretty, it's pretty much the reason why I said yes. I was like, yes, yeah. I can uh, I can live my Fran, my, fra- my Fran fantasy. And actually, speaking of sexy films, that bit when they dance to her, perhaps by Doris Day, it's fucking sexy. Mm-hmm. It's fucking sexy. But um, but yeah. Uh, we don't like to be negative, Clara Ampo. What's the worst film you ever saw? Um, worst film I've ever seen. All of the Fifty Shades. And again, Jamie Dornan and um, I've gone blank on the name. Wonderful. Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson are brilliant actors. I think they are genuinely very talented. But I think even they know they weren't very good movies. But again, if they're on TV, I'm probably going to watch them, but they're terrible. Um, but the, recently, the one of the worst movies I ever saw was um, that DJ movie, We Are Your Friends, with Zac Efron and uh, oh, right. Emily Ratajkowski. It's, uh, don't, don't, don't see it, Ben. It's, okay. not, it's not very good. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, I, um, I stand by Fifty Shades of Grey, the first film. I think it's good. Really? Yeah, I do. I think it's an interesting <laughs> film. <laughs> Again, if it's on TV, I'm going yeah. to watch it. Like I, I saw it in, I saw it in the cinema with a group of friends, and we were howling the whole way through. I just feel like, I feel like again, there's a knowing wink where I think Jamie Dornan is very aware that all the dialogue he's been given to say is absolutely terrible. So in that yeah. way, it does make it good. But God bless them; they, 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 they really committed to a yeah. three, a, a three film deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carampo. Yeah, you're funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? <laughs> um, I'm not going to say Coming to America because everyone says that, don't they? But it does, it really does you make me laugh. Say it. it is funny. It's, it's, I mean, it's, again, it's just everything comes back to regression to childhood, doesn't it? And that, yeah. that is just me pissing myself, like with my brothers or with my cousins and just laughing at it so much and, you know, sexual chocolate. Let your soul glow. Actually, what I actually did some work for the Coming to America sequel, which we won't talk about too much because, you know, let, let's not let's not dwell. It happened, mm-hmm. but um, but I had the time of my life because I got to hold a Zeminda a ZNN microphone. Oh wow! And I was absolutely delighted. <laughs> but but no, but that film was fucking funny. Eddie Murphy's a genius, but Trading Places always makes me Hang laugh. On. Yeah. What what do you mean you were holding a mic? You were in the film. So um, basically, the there, there was a, there was a big promo. There was a big promo around it, and the wonderful um, I believe he's called David Schneider, great yeah. uh, British actor, but who's like you know, he's now he's now director. He's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, he directed it, so I had to be a correspondent for Zamunda and throw yeah. to Trevor McDonald, and they gave me a Zamunda microphone, and like they yeah. they held up they uh, put up the Zamunda flag um, in front of the National Gallery, and I was reporting live. Uh, for the king and so that was a that was a lovely full circle moment so we love coming to america for that but uh mean girls always makes me laugh the sweetest thing have you seen that yeah it's fucking funny yeah it's really fucking funny and i don't i I think i think you know when it comes to sort of like female i guess led gross out comedies i think that was a bit ahead of its time or just wasn't given the same you know uh i think you're right i think it was slightly Ahead of her curve or something. Yeah, and Selma Blair is fucking hilarious in it. Like, there's this yeah. brilliant scene where she um, she goes to the dry cleaners because she's got cum on her dress and she's trying to get it out. <laughs> and, when she, and then when she goes, um, the, the dry cleaner's like, oh, what is this stain? And she's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then he likes like, scratching it and he sniffs it and he licks it. <laughs> <laughs> then her school then her high school pastor comes through and then like her old dentist comes through and everyone but it, there's just so many growth it's, it's very it was i think it came out around there there's something about mary era but yeah. i don't think it gets enough um 
enough uh, kudos for how, how funny it is. And also more rats, because that reminds me of when I used to work with all, all, my, all my mates in, them, in, in the shop. Uh, just because I love Hooper X as well, but that's he's chasing Amy Land. But it got me into all of those, all those sort of those Kevin Smith uh, movies. Yeah, Stink Palm. <laughs> um, Clara Ampha, you've been wonderful. However, when you were eating your red velvet cake, and your enemy, who shall not be named, but they are a presenter, and <laughs> in a similar game to you, and they were annoyed that you were doing the red carpet at the World Expo that was on and they really wanted to do it. But you were like, no, I want to interview those inventors and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, your enemy, Holly Willoughby, let's call it. Oh, no, let's not, let's not send for Holly Willoughby. <laughs> let's not send for Holly Willoughby. We cannot, we cannot do that. The Daily Mail have a fucking field day. It was, it was Philip Schofield. It was Philip Schofield and he put cilantro in your red velvet your worst herb (laughs) and as anyone knows you you're full of love but there's one thing you hate and that's cilantro or for our english listeners coriander Coriander. and you part choked on the cilantro coriander but more really choked on the rage you felt that your beloved red velvet had been sullied by your least favorite herb the cilantro you started choking with rage. You said, is that Schofield? I bet it was Schofield. I bet it was Schofield. And your throat closed up and you died. It took ages. I'd say it was 25 minutes of your, of your, of, of just your throat choking on the rage. And your friends stood around and Philip Schofield wandered in and he said, goodbye, Clara. I won't miss you at all. And I was there with a coffin. You know what I'm like? And I said, Philip. <laughs> doesn't seem like you You usually usually seem very cheery and lovely what's going on and he goes i wanted to do the world expo i wanted to do it and i go this is mad this is honestly mad philip and he said don't tell anyone i said all right fine listen you you've earned your place i suppose go off off you go and he ran off to do the red carpet at the world expo and he wasn't as good as you would have been but i guess we'll never know because now you're dead anyway I try and get you in this coffin I've got, but because of the expansion of your throat due to the uh, rage caused by the cilantro, your throat is so massive. It's now bigger than your shoulders and head. And so I can't fit you in this coffin. I have to chop off bits of your neck and shoulder so that I can fit you in. I managed to lay everything on top. The coffin is now absolutely ram jammed. There is no room in this coffin except there's enough room to slide one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show the people of heaven when it is your turn? Clara, Ampho, go. I'm going to contradict, I think, a lot of my answers. But in this moment, the film in my heart is Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. And they are delighted to have you. All the red velvet cakes are so happy to see you. Oh, my gosh. Film with you. I'm delighted. Clara Anfo, you've been excellent. Is there anything you'd like to tell people to watch or listen to or look out for or dance to? Oh, gosh. Oh, that's it. Oh, um, you can listen to my radio show if you like. You can tune in. Radio One, Monday through to Thursday, 6 to 8, Future Sounds. Holler for a shout out. Everyone loves a good shout out on the radio. So if you ever want to hear a song, <laughs> send me a text. You can listen to my podcast, This City. Um, and I'll, I'll be about in your telly. I've got a new show coming on BBC Three if you feel like watching it. 
What's that called? It's called The Drop and it is a, it is a competition show for streetwear designers. So there you go. Ooh. And it is the head judge is the wonderful singer and occasional actor, Miguel, who's brilliant. So we had a nice time filming that. Um, yeah. People really do love a shout out. They do love a shout out. Do you want, do you want one? Do you want one? I love a shout out. Would you like one? Give us a shout out. Okay, all right. Tune, tune in soon. Let it be known. I'll, I'll Why are shout sure. outs so great? They're because so great. They gratify our little fragile egos. You're like, wow, yeah. someone said my I name exist. to the name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone said my name in a microphone to the world. I must be something. Yeah. So there you go. Um, Clara, thank you for your time and for doing this. Absolute uh, pleasure. I wish you a good death. Uh, <laughs> good day. And thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> So that was episode 191. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat, secrets and video with Clara. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but write about the film that means the most to you and why. That is a lovely thing to read and I really appreciate it. I hope you're all doing well. Thank you so much to Clara for doing the show. Thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week for another banging guest. But that is it for now. In the meantime, have a lovely week. And please, now more than ever, be excellent to each other. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name, Maureen. Yeah, thank you.